for Pete's sake. I'm Kat. And I'm Liz, and we're Chatting Catholic. We're self-study theologians of the domestic church. And we love reading what the Bishop of Rome has to say for himself. Welcome back, guys! We are so excited to see you, hear you, listen, whatever. Um, for the very last episode of Fratelli Tutti, you have made it. It's been yes. a lot of episodes. We have learned a lot. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think I've said this before, like last episode, part of me feels like it went fast and part of me feels like it was super slow. <laughs> it's hard to remember that we started this around election time last year. Yes. Like, that feels lifetimes ago. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just such a relevant time to start it. Like, it yes. was just, tensions were so high and things yes. were so crazy. So to be able to jump into Fratelli Tutti and kind yep. of, like, fix your this brain is... a little bit and, like, fix your And also viewpoint. be like... This is what it actually says. It's yes. not, I mean, this is, we've, um, we picked the most modern encyclicals, but having read other encyclicals, you're gonna hear these things again. This is not actually the crazy levels of, like, there are some phrases, sure, that you're like, that's a choice of wording, but again, not in English. He wrote yes. it in not English. And really, the heart of it is so much, it's Catholic social teaching, but that is Catholic. Yes. And that's the thing, too. I think as people get into it, I think it, for me especially, I think it surprised me more than it would. Um, I was expecting more of those phrasings that I I actually didn't get. And I was like, this is far more balanced than the commentary. I had been led to believe. Yes, it's far more balanced than I thought it was going to be. It's just seeped in things we've already heard from other popes, especially about, like, subsidiary. It surprised me how it tied into other encyclicals and yes. how it wasn't as, quote-unquote, outrageous as it should yeah. be. Because the whole notion when he was getting into subsidiary measures of this is what the family does, these are their rights, this is what the UN needs to do. And he is in a position to be like, there are things the UN can control and they're not. And they yes. need to be. Like with China buying Africa. Oh, man. Who can speak to that? Like, here right. we are in America worried about it, but we're not China or Africa. We have nothing to say. And frankly, Africa, China's fine with it. And Africa's like, hey, they need a mitigator. There needs to be yes. a mitigator here. Absolutely. Just for the fact that the UN has, like, regulation where they allow fishermen in these African regions and coasts. And so those countries are starving. Because all these industrial fishing come down there. Like, those are issues that the UN can and should touch on. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, like, he's talking about government intervention. But I'm, I'm reminded of when we had Dr. Levi on. And he was talking about how the state has valid power and our state is not perhaps using its valid power yes. to support the family. Not, you know, to become a wild dictatorship, but to support the family. The state has the power to say the family is the unit of society and we will protect it with social safety nets. Absolutely. And not putting laws up that, like he mentioned the book from Elizabeth Warren, The Mm -hmm. Two-Income Trap, 
And so it's just like that whole notion of like having not only societal viewpoints, but having government um, laws and regulations that do not affect the family to where they have to have two incomes or they have to rely on other other measures. Like we're looking at it right now where people are, you know, experiencing their stimulus checks and women came home for COVID and a lot of people are horrified by that. But we as Catholics are excited, and we should be. But to maintain that, to maintain that one-income family, and I don't care which gender works. I know which gender is more likely to work, but I don't really actually care. But to maintain a one-income family, you need to have more parents would be able to come home and be full-time parents if they knew that their spouse could not fail. Like, their spouse is out working Mm -hmm. and doing the thing, but... If, there, if unemployment was actually a bigger, deeper net than it presently is, they would be able to say, you know what? I can come home because if he loses his job, we're not screwed. Right. Or like, or like we build enough. Yeah, we can <laughs> live in an area where we can build enough yes. savings, capital, yep. things of that yes. nature to where if you experience a job loss of one or if you end up one of yeah. you goes home and stays, stays yes. home with the kids and... I actually have to add too. I've talked to several women that are like, I, I, they don't like it when we even say like stay home with the kids because I have friends whose kids go to school or they're older. They're mm-hmm. like even maintaining the house is yeah, a job, full time job. Frankly, right? Any any homeschooler will tell you. Oh my goodness. So anyway, let's just get into it. <laughs> yeah. So Liz, go ahead and read the very last section of Fratelli Tutti, paragraphs two eighty one and 287. Take it away! Religion and violence. A journey of peace is possible between religions. Its point of departure must be God's way of seeing things. God does not see with his eyes, God sees with his heart, and God's love is the same for everyone regardless of religion. Even if they are atheists, his love is the same. When the last day comes, and there is sufficient light to see things as they really are, we are going to find ourselves quite surprised. It follows that we believers need to find occasions to speak with one another and to act together for the common good and the promotion of the poor. This has nothing to do with watering down or concealing our deepest convictions when we encounter others who think differently than ourselves. For the deeper, stronger, and richer our own identity is, the more we will be capable of enriching others with our own proper contribution." We believers are challenged to return to our sources in order to concentrate on what is essential, worship of God and love for our neighbor. Lest some of our teachings taken out of context end up feeding forms of contempt, hatred, xenophobia, or negation of others. The truth is that violence has no basis in our fundamental religious convictions, but only in their distortion. Sincere and humble worship of God bears fruit not in discrimination, hatred, and violence, but in respect for the sacredness of life, respect for the dignity and freedom of others, and loving commitment to the welfare of all. Truly, whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. For this reason, terrorism is deplorable and threatens the security of people, be they in the East or the West, the North or the South, and disseminates panic, terror, and pessimism, 
But this is not due to religion, even when terrorists instrumentalize it. It is due, rather, to an accumulation of incorrect interpretations of religious texts and to policies linked to hunger, poverty, injustice, oppression, and pride. That is why it is so necessary to stop supporting terrorist movements fueled by financing, the provision of weapons and strategy, and by attempts to justify these movements, even using the media. All these must be regarded as international crimes that threaten security and world peace. Such terrorism must be condemned in all its forms and expressions. Religious convictions about the sacred meaning of human life permit us to recognize the fundamental values of our common humanity, values in the name of which we can and must cooperate, build and dialogue, pardon and grow. This will allow different voices to unite in creating a melody of sublime nobility and beauty instead of fanatical cries of hatred. At times, fundamentalist violence is unleashed in some groups of whatever religion by the rashness of their leaders. Yet, the commandment of peace is inscribed in the depths of the religious traditions that we represent. As religious leaders, we are called to be true people of dialogue, to cooperate in building peace, not as intermediaries, but as authentic mediators. Intermediaries seek to give everyone a discount, ultimately in order to gain something for themselves. The mediator, on the other hand, is one who retains nothing for himself, but rather spends himself generously until he is consumed, knowing that the only gain is peace. Each one of us is called to be an artisan of peace, by uniting and not dividing, by extinguishing hatred and not holding on to it, by opening paths of dialogue and not by constructing new walls. An Appeal In my fraternal meeting, which I gladly recall with the Grand Imam Ahmad al-Tayyib, we, we resolutely declared that religions must never incite war, hateful attitudes, hostility, and extremism, nor must they incite violence or the shedding of blood. These tragic realities are the consequence of a deviation from religious teachings. They result from a political manipulation of religions and from interpretations made by religious groups who in the course of history have taken advantage of the power of religious sentiment in the hearts of men and women. God the Almighty has no need to be defended by anyone and does not want his name to be used to terrorize people. For this reason, I would like to reiterate here the appeal for peace, justice, and fraternity that we made together. In the name of God, who has created all human beings equal in rights, duties, and dignity, and who has called them to live together as brothers and sisters, to fill the earth and make known the values of goodness, love, and peace, in the name of innocent human life that God has forbidden to kill, affirming that whoever kills a person is like one who kills the whole of humanity, and that whoever saves a person is like one who saves the whole of humanity. In the name of the poor, the destitute, the marginalized, and those most in need, whom God has commanded us to help as a duty required of all persons, especially the wealthy and those of means. In the name of orphans, widows, refugees, and those exiled from their homes and their countries, in the name of all victims of wars, persecution, and injustice, in the name of the weak, those who live in fear, prisoners of war, and those tortured in any part of the world without distinction, in the name of peoples who have lost their security, peace, and the possibility of living together, becoming victims of destruction, calamity, and war, 
in the name of human fraternity that embraces all human being, unites them, and renders them equal, in the name of this fraternity, torn apart by policies of extremism and division, by systems of unrestrained profit, or by hateful ideological tendencies that manipulate the actions and the future of men and women, in the name of freedom that God has given to all human beings, creating them free and setting them apart by this gift, in the name of justice and mercy, the foundations of prosperity and the cornerstone of faith, in the name of all persons of goodwill present in every part of the world, in the name of God and of everything stated thus far, we declare the adoption of a culture of dialogue as the path, mutual cooperation as the code of conduct, reciprocal understanding as the method and standard. In these pages of reflection on universal fraternity, I felt inspired particularly by St. Francis of Assisi, but also by others of our brothers and sisters who are not Catholics, Martin Luther King, Desmond Tutu, Mahatma Gandhi, and many more. Yet I would like to conclude by mentioning another person of deep faith, who drawing upon who drawing upon his yet i would like to conclude by mentioning another person of deep faith who drawing upon his intense experience of god made a journey of transformation towards feeling a brother to all i am speaking of blessed charles blessed charles de Foucault. blessed charles directed his idea of total surrender to god towards an identification with the poor abandoned um towards an identification with the poor abandoned in the depths of the African desert. In that sitting, in that setting, he expressed his desire to feel himself a brother to every human being and asked a friend to pray to God that I truly be the brother of all. He wanted to be, in the end, the universal brother. Yet only by identifying with the least did he come, at last, to be the brother of all. May God inspire that dream in each one of us. Amen. A prayer to the Creator. Lord, Father of our human family, you created all human beings equal in dignity. Pour forth into our hearts a fraternal spirit and inspire in us a dream of renewed encounter, dialogue, justice, and peace. Move us to create healthier societies and a more dignified world, a world without hunger, poverty, violence, and war. May our hearts be open to all the peoples and nations of the earth. May we recognize the goodness and beauty that you have sown in each of us, and thus forge bonds of unity, common projects, and shared dreams. Amen. O God, Trinity of love, from the profound communion of your divine life, pour out upon us a torrent of fraternal love. Grant us the love reflected in the actions of Jesus in his family of Nazareth and in the early Christian community. Grant that we Christians may live the gospel discovering Christ in each human being, recognizing him crucified in the sufferings of the abandoned and forgotten of our world, and risen in each brother or sister who makes a new start. Come, Holy Spirit, show us your beauty, reflected in all the peoples of the earth, so that we may discover anew that all are important and all are necessary, different faces of the one humanity that God so loves. Amen. Bum, 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 la, la, la. Uh, so, hurrah!
Hurrah! We are done. You have now heard the whole thing. So exciting. What'd you think? Loved it all. I thought he ended it perfectly. Of course, you have to end it with like a prayer and all the thoughts that he put into it. Yes. um, It really set the tone of like, yes, it it was a longer encyclical, but it really set the tone of bringing it back to that prayerfulness of what it's really about. Yes. Father of our human family. It's also really, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to meditate on those prayers a little bit because I feel like reading through this, I don't feel like even in my own self and some other commentary people have had about this encyclical, I don't feel like they're hearing these nice sentiments, but I don't feel like they're understanding of like the depth of like, no, no, this is what we're supposed to do. Peacefulness. Yes. Yes. And it's, you have the, the practicality of it. How deeply must you meditate on the idea that every human being has equal dignity to really get down to this practical level of, yes, and that means this. Yes. Yeah. Um, it means, yes, that everyone should have the right to do meaningful work because, oh, man, does depre- depression lies down the route of my life is meaningless and I am not contributing to society in any way. And you can right. just look at the lives of the wealthy. And at the other end, you have the lives of the very poor where nothing that you'll ever do will make your life okay. And that also leads to depression human beings do best when if we work it goes well mm-hmm. that's yeah that is the hu- that is the place where humans do flourishing if we work right. it goes well well and then you have to you kind of hit on a an amazing point because even in the section when we talked about wars and this section we talk about religion and violence it's amazing when you look through history the times when we've had wars were times Mm -hmm. that people's lives in a region were not going well. Yes. When you are hungry, you are cranky. And when you are hungry on a political scale, that that war happens. When nobody can find food, eventually people will band together and they will find food if they have to take it. Absolutely. That's what people do. And I mean, (laughs) as far as religious wars, it's almost like if if they are feeling oppressed or spiritually yes. hungry, then yep. that is another way that wars yes. just not only happen, but they build up for years of resentment. Yes. And he's like talked about like how we're not even paying attention, how we are pessimistic. Like those are all things you need to regulate because those build and they build within yes. a culture and they build within yes. countries and they snowball. Yes. This we're going to sit on your right, then people start to get really, really resentful. And instead of focusing on what they should focus on, they focus on the other person. Instead of looking vertically, instead of looking at God, they start looking horizontally at why can't I do what Mm -hmm. I want to do? And obviously, what I want to do is worship is right. clearly better than most what I want to do, even if they're worshiping Right, like you said, we want to worship and we want to work. We yes, need those two things. What we want in life. And that's what we're made for. And people need to stop getting in the way. Like, it is it is truly one thing to be like, yeah, let's come, let's sit down and discuss theology. Mm-hmm. You could have shockingly good conversations. Clearly, Pope Francis did here with the grandy mom. But... 
a lot of times we take regional differences to be theological differences when they're not necessarily right. Like that's one of the that's one of the cool parts about the church is we go to a place and we're like, okay, tell me how you would worship if such a thing existed as an almighty God who made absolutely everything. What would he deserve? Right. Let me tell you about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really love, too, and this and kind of this whole encyclical, I kind of had to kind of step back and meditate on this, too. But, like, he starts off this section of talking about, like, God's vantage points. Mm -hmm. That also made me think of, like, Pope Francis's vantage points of, like, taking care of this entire flock. Like, he, Mm -hmm. his worldview is so wide. How can I criticize? Because, yeah, that would be frustrating to see the things that he sees, or governments act in a certain way that directly affect his flock. I would, mm-hmm. it would be hard. And and that's the thing is he has his eyes, like he came from a very specific flock and he brings that with him. And it's so good that it's not the Roman flock all the time. He brings with him all of this different context and he looks for his people in Mm -hmm. different places and that's wonderful yeah i mean the world has been aware quote unquote aware of each other for centuries now but now we're having popes that are actually like no i now have flock in every region how what does globalism look like to a pope that now has a flock in every single region of the world yes and truly came from a very foreign region to the history like first one from Argentina. (laughs) Right. And so he comes with this more Latin American, except it's actually South American, interpretation of things and reminds people a little bit that, hey, you know, here in America, we hear a lot of Catholicism isn't inherently American and your Americanism isn't Catholicism. But it's also not just Italian either. It's, it is Catholic. It's everywhere. Yes. I think yeah. we're finally actually seeing a more un- mm-hmm. a more Catholic universal church than we've ever had to yes. handle before in the history. <laughs> and sometimes that's hard. Yes. Because when things are always the same, you stop remembering which parts of the sameness are important. Right. It's just all kind of, it's all just associated. Right. Yeah. And I love, um, he's mentioned several times and he touches on it one more time, but the identity of self is extremely important. He's like, you can't have authentic relationships without that understanding of self. Yep. You can't. You have to know who you are. And one of the things, I feel like I'm the least novus ordo traditional person imaginable because on in one hand on one hand my heart is in the latin mass and on the other hand it's in the new orleans mass of the parish it's saint peter claver that's like there's dancing and excitement and general (laughs) it's it's blackness and i'm like this is beautiful and i love it yeah, and but, and ama- but then on the other hand, I do go to a Norvis Odor parish, and I love it. Yes, they're all so beautiful. I know, like yeah, because like we, my family goes to Latin Mass, but we also go to Norvis Ordo, and it really, um, and I feel like that's what's great about being Catholic. Don't try to squash it into one little box because you can have it right? all. You yeah, you can have it all, and then you have a home which is like 
the equivalent of your favorite sister, but you've also got Sisters Night where you can go everywhere and support everybody and you're like, all of these things, we're all worshiping God and none of us are in heresy. Right, because they're all within the church. We all agree on the same things and we just make it look different, which is beautiful. And we're not talking clowns. No clowns. That's invented. (laughs) That was arbitrary. But, like, a lot of the masses that get canceled actually do have more than a little history like these are so cool yeah so many cool masses check them out (laughs) yeah i loved um when pope francis went to iraq this year and um oh what did he say what mass was that i can't remember syriac malabar i don't remember either but yeah i like the masses he did in iraq and it's eastern right um, you were saying a thing a minute ago that was really interesting, but you were bringing up the different percentages of religions right oh, now. Yes. Um, as kind of a, like, here we are all arguing, but if you take the perspective as, I believe it is orthodox for Islam to do this, and it uh, to they believe in Jehovah God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and yes, Jacob. they're yep, they're an Abrahamic religion. So exactly, mm-hmm. so they believe in the same God that we do, and we're thirty one point one one percent of the planet. They uh, Islamic persons twenty four point nine percent. Jews who get so much face time are less than one percent, which makes my heart sad because yeah. yeah, that's hard. Um. But then the leading, the next one. Um, so why are we fighting with these people when, when the next most common thing to believe is to be secular, agnostic, athe- atheist? It is. It is actually 15.5% of the planet. That's crazy. You, you told me the percentages. I'm like, well, what's the next percentage besides Abrahamic religions? And you go. Nothing. It's secularity. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah, at first I was like, uh, because they called it unaffiliated. And I was like, do they mean evangelicals? No. No, they put those under Christian, which is what I would assume. Um, yeah. No, they, they really did. Um, when I further broke it down, it's they, were, it, they do mean secular, non-religious, agnostic, atheist. Right. 15, uh, 15.5%. That's more than Hindu. Um, Buddhist is next with 5%. So... Yeah. And then you want, and I mean, like, you see these statistics and you see the secularism that's happening in the world. And it's like, no wonder Pope Francis yeah. keeps reaching out to our Muslim brothers and like, and other things like that, because we actually yes. have far more in common than we do the other 50% of yep. this chart. Yes, we, we have so much in common. So ridiculously much. And so we should lean into that. And furthermore, every single one of these people, these 7.79 billion people, is a child of God. Right. He intended every single one of them. Every single one is a unique, unrepeatable miracle. Even if they are absolutely bonkers, they're still a unique, unrepeatable miracle. I love that. Even if they're absolutely (laughs) bonkers, what a good thing. I'm going to probably add that into my prayer and meditation. Be like, these people are absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, personally, that would qualify as me on occasion. But Oh, yeah. For sure. I'm right in there. 
<laughs> when I am absolutely bonkers, uh, please give me space and maybe a granola bar. Oh, man. Another thing is, like, I just, when I'm thinking about other religions and even when I'm in dialogue with other people of religions, like, I, like as I'm speaking to them, the only thing that runs through my head is, like, just to listen and be like, yes. dear God, oh, listen. give me prudence. Like, yes. send the Holy Spirit oh, to really gosh. gauge yes. this conversation because it's like, if I don't 100% focus on that, yep. I can get pretty... I can get pretty crazy. Yes. I feel like on one hand, I feel terrible because I'm not ashamed of the gospel, not even a little bit. But when I get to talking about it with a religious or just whatever, people who have very different opinions, I'm like, Lord, I think I need to be a little more quiet about this because I am kind of annoying. (laughs) (laughs) There was one time um, I was speaking to someone who was Muslim and they started talking about priests. And I kid you not, my body got hot. Like I could feel the heat. And so I was like taking deep breaths and I was like, (laughs) okay, let's handle this smart. (laughs) Do you know you're talking about my dad? (laughs) I know. I'm like, let's take a deep breath because I am about ready like taking earrings off about ready to go <laughs> but no 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 take deep not breath that, not that deep come breath. off really smart and really calm and like yes. just praying for the holy spirit to guide my yes. mouth because it's about ready to fly away yes yes uh drives a person bonkers i hate that feeling i hate it but it's good to fe- i like that i can feel it because I know that it comes from passion and love. and But I'm able yes. to, like, control it. Because I do. Yes. I'm, like, I remember, Prince. like, in the middle of the talk, in my head, being, like, Holy Spirit, you got to rain down on me right now. Because this right is going to go this awry. Minute. <laughs> <laughs> but also, oh, I, I think it. the main, I think, when I think back about that whole conversation, the main thing that really helped was the fact that it was face to face it wasn't online it wasn't a text conversation I was looking at their face they were looking at mine I see them as a human I um, I at a at a minimum like at a minimum because personally I actually do better with written conversation but not randos not randos you need to know yes. what they look like mm-hmm. and, like, be their friend genuinely. Absolutely. That was the only way I could get through any conversation like that. I am not a... Yes. And, I mean, there are some really good online theologians that do respond yes. super well in comments on, like, line that, online, like, on but Twitter. But you'll notice they have huge boundaries. They do not just randomly get into it. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and they do a great job. I'm just not that person. Yeah, amen, me either. Um, and I think that's important to know about yourself. Because mm-hmm. it's, you can do so much damage. And the truth is a weapon. Is a weapon. Don't Absolutely. hurt people with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what was it? St. Augustine even said that when he was talking about gossip and people talking, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm more afraid 
of the truth that someone could say about me more than they could make up a lie. Um, yes. The lie will figure itself out. Yes. But but even but, if it's true, do you really need yeah, to you don't, smother someone with that fact? Yes. And I was going to say, and also, like, it's still gossip. Just because it's true doesn't mean it's not, it doesn't mean it's helpful. Right. Um, you just give people, because people are, not every person is in a place, but, yeah, I don't know. The give one, people a chance right. to kind of internalize it themselves, because they'll come up with the right answer. Most people are reasonable. Just, they need time and space, and also, if they come, if they figure it out on their own, and you remember that you're not going to save them. They're going to save the, uh, the God is going to save them, and only when they consent to being saved. Those two things are what's necessary. You are tertiary, right? The last, the last thing, or it doesn't yes. have to be the last thing, but the one other thing that I feel like I don't want to get into deeply because I am not an expert at this at all. <laughs> like we need to, you guys can go and like good look at your good sources and really think about this situation but this whole section the whole um situation right now in the middle east in israel with uh it's just um i mean this is what's this i know that this was written like a year ago but it's so prudent to like what is happening right now but that's the thing is like it was written a year ago and this problem started thousands of years ago right. so it's it's always just it feels like it's constantly just one tiny degree change from exploding like this absolutely when you have that much tension in a small yes. region yes they're they're gonna have keeping these um they're gonna keep having these micro wars yep. over and over again and until over one again. what what's gonna happen one day it's not and gonna the, be and, a micro war and that's the thing is, um, these are people who's, who are not being, are, who are unable to thrive, who are prevented from thriving because they can't get out of this fight and they didn't ask to be born into this nonsense. Yes. It's, um, like I said, I am not a historian. I am not no. a, a journalist who knows more of the situation. So please go and find those good sources and, uh, Frankly, just pray for peace. Right. Or just pay <laughs> End for of peace. understanding on all sides. Because I'm at this point, I've heard enough journalists speaking that I'm not sure they have any idea. And they'll admit it. Right. Like, I've heard journalists be like, this is too complicated for any amount of time. Oh, that's Yikes. so true. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, it's just built up tension. Some things happened. And now we're yep. s- This region's just stuck. And it's like, it's, they're never... Yeah. When are we ever going to get out of this fight? Yes. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I just pray, praying for peace and God's peace because man's peace ain't working. Mm-hmm. God's peace. Thanks for joining us this week on For Pete's Sake as we explore the words of Pope Francis in Fratelli Tutti. Find For Pete's Sake on Facebook and Instagram. You can find links to Fratelli Tutti and some of our sources in the show notes. See you next week. St. Peter. Or a pro nobis.